GM Pluses from Season 1, Episode 8. This one is titled Broken Windows, Open Doors. Boyd packs up while still covered in blood, and he looks at his boat keys as Kenny arrives. Kenny looks at Catchy's blood on the floor and tells Boyd that he got most of the Colony House residents squared away. Now that everybody's in town, Kenny says that they should get everyone together to say something. Boyd says that Katrish saved him when they got to town. He risked his life for him. Boyd, or Kenny wants Boyd to say something, but Boyd says he needs to go now. Boyd doesn't want anyone else to die. So, he's going to go and grab Sarah and go take a walk. Boyd, Abby, and Ellis are driving down the road. If I Had a Boat is on the radio, which is, of course, the same song that the played in the diner that told Boyd he was doing the right thing. Boyd talks again about wanting to get a boat. Abby says they cannot afford it. And Boyd says that they used to call him Mr. Fish and Loaves in the army. Any base he went to, he could take any resource available and make it work. Ellis says that they called his mother Iron Abby because she laced on the law. Boyd says that the problem with iron is that it doesn't know how to bend. Boyd says a boat would be a great gift for him now that he's retiring from the army. Abby looks through her purse but she can't seem to find her chapstick, and she asks Boyd to hold on to this boat key for him. He looks at it and he says, this looks a lot like a boat key. Why am I holding a boat key? And Ella starts laughing, and Abby says, of course we bought you a boat. He's excited, but then he slams on the brakes because the fallen tree is in the road. Him having a boat sitting at home, when it's all he's wanted for years, while his family is trapped in creature country, is the saddest thing on the show right now. Like, that's just, that's just so cruel to the guy. Sarah and Boyd walk through the forest. She's covered in her brother's blood, and he is covered in Katri's blood. Boyd says that the creatures used to scream. When he found the talismans, they began to whisper. It adds to the element that the creatures are, are psychological hunters, because... Obviously, if everybody is hiding, then you can scream real loud, and maybe they'll panic and run, and you can hunt them down. But then once they had the talismans, and everyone was able to lock themselves up, you kind of had to find different tricks, like, say, finding a small child you can trick, or a lonely guy that you can trick. The creatures don't seem to need to feed on people to survive, so they seem like they can take their time and wait for the right moment to kill. Sarah asks again about Katri, and Boyd says, Katri's dead. A lot of people are. Sarah asks about Ellis, and Boyd says, he's scraped up but fine. Sarah starts to cry, and he says, oh, you're going to cry now? Did you cry over Ben Shen when you killed him? Sarah asks if he thinks she's a monster, and he says he doesn't give two shits about her. The only reason Sarah's alive is because of Katri. 
and if she proves him wrong, Boyd will kill her himself. She asks where they're going, but Boyd tells her to get walking. Kenny brings three members of Colony House to his home while Jade is on the porch relaxing. And Jade, of course, is happy about having some new roommates. One of the women, which is the one that Jade stole the bike from, asks if he was the guy who thought this was an escape room and how that worked out. And he tells her to fuck off, but then he asks where Victor is. He is told that Victor and Julie went into the woods last night. We do see that Julie is back with her parents. Julie says that she was up in Victor's room, but not like that. Stop thinking that. Victor saved her and pushed her into a tree. Ethan says she went through a faraway tree. He says that they have to find Victor. Julie says, finally sees the wall of questions they make, and she starts breaking down crying. Julie then has a full-on panic attack, and Tabitha tries to help. Jade runs in and asks about Victor, but Jim pushes him outside, and Jade tries to explain what he is doing. Jim knocks a journal out of his hand and tells him to stay the fuck away. Jade apologizes for running off, and Jim says, Hey, you know what? Your plan did actually work. We got some static, but it worked. Jim says that they need to get over the tree line, which would be going to Colony House. Julie's reaction to almost getting killed and having to run around and then, like, now being home is actually pretty realistic. Like, most of the time, characters and TVs and things like that, they don't take the time to actually, like, grieve the situation they're in. And she full-on has a panic attack. Boyd arrives in town, and we see the words Save Us written on the barn. They're not there anymore, so I don't know what happened to them. Katya runs out in front of the car and tells him that they need to come with him now, or they will die. Abby pulls out a gun, and Katya says, You can point it at me the entire time if you want, but you need to come with me. One of the creatures screams off in the distance, and Katya says, That is death, and it is coming for us. Boyd and his family follow Katya down to the basement. We see Donna, Dale, and another person are hiding down there with them, and they hear someone running and screaming, and then more people scream as they get eaten. Christy helps Ellis with his dislocated arm. Kenny arrives and asks what he can do to help Christy. She asks to have him secure the place, because they're going to be a full house tonight. Kenny returns a book he was reading to her, and she kisses him on the cheek for it. Jim and Jade head to Colony House, and we see Donna is cleaning up. Donna asks about Julie, and Jim says she's fine, but they came here to ask Donna if they can build a radio tower on the roof of the house. Donna says 14 people died here last night. So apparently, six graves were not enough. Unless you're stacking. Donna says that they can do whatever they want, since nobody will come to the house anytime soon. Boyd puts Sarah in a shack they found, which is the shack that he offered Frank to live in as a, an outcast, but he turned it down. But he doesn't cuff her because he can't find anything to cuff her to. They haven't really explored the shack at all, and I mean, I guess it's not anything really. Uh, otherwise, we definitely would get more of it, but it's curious that it's just kind of out in the middle of the forest. Boyd crawls out from the underground hiding place in front of the house next to the post office. He sees dead bodies in the street and other survivors emerge. Katri said that it's a lot to unpack, but he will explain more at the diner. This episode jumps around a lot because we jump from Boyd's first night in 
the town to directly after like the killing and everything at that to him and Sarah on a trip. They meet at the diner and Boyd says that every night all they do is hide and pray. He asks why nobody has asked any questions at all about the place and Boyd says they need to start working together. He says they need to gather their resources in one central location and then people need to look out for each other at night. Everyone will be in new spots every night and he puts Donna in charge of inventory and his wife in charge of where they'll be staying during the night. So he took charge right when he came into town, which obviously they, these people needed, but it was nice to see that, like, yeah, Boyd was 100% down with getting this all organized, and it makes, it, it tracks with his character that he's willing to go off and possibly die in order to maybe find a way, a way out. Ethan looks for the pictures that Victor drew, and he finds one that looks like Boyd with a goat on a leash. Julie is handing out, or hang, hanging out at the edge of the hole. Tabitha asks if Julie is hungry and offers to make her some food. Julie asks if they are still getting a divorce. Tabitha says she doesn't really have an answer right now. She says that they still love each other, and then Julie asks if it was something that she did wrong. Tabitha tells her no. And she says that you learn when you become a parent that you live for your children. When Thomas died, something inside of Tabitha broke. She doesn't know how to fix it. And she says, you know, it was just a normal day. Ethan and Julie were in the next room. Jim and Tabitha were in the kitchen. Thomas was on the changing table between them. The phone rang. She reached for the diaper, and Jim reached for the phone. They both turned away for just one second, and Thomas rolled onto the floor and died. Tabitha says that sometimes she sees Jim and just hears the phone ring. She apologizes to Julie, and she apologizes back. So, it doesn't sound like she's 100% blaming herself, 100% blaming Jim, or even like an even split. It was just a, a really bad incident that happened, but there is some resentment there. Like, if, you know... If Jim hadn't gone for the phone and instead had held on to Thomas and waited, it'd be okay. If maybe she had hung on to Thomas while Jim got the phone, then he'd be fine. But it happens, and she's not coping very well with it. Tiana's preventing people from entering the diner. Tom wants to get in, and since they have assholes from Colony House taking up the supplies, he'd rather they read the supplies that are in the diner for themselves. Tian says they're just scared, and Boyd sends everybody out. Back in the past, Boyd and Katri talk about the creatures. Boyd says they should look for resources in the woods during the day. Katri asks how long Boyd was in the military, and he says he spent 30 years in the army. Abby was the Marine, and she's the real badass of the family. Ella sees Abby staring off into space, and she asks, and she says she was just thinking about this dream she had as a kid. It's kind of bonkers to think that she may have dreamt of this place like 30, 40 years before actually showing up in the place. But it's possible, because from all accounts, this has been going on for a long time. So maybe she again had some kind of connection with it. Boyd walks back into the station and says he cannot go right now, 
because there was a dam near O'Brien at the diner. Again, this is earlier in the day, we're kind of bouncing around a bit. Kenny says he has to go because the talismans were a band-aid and not the, the thing that would keep them safe. They need to find a way home, and Boyd can do that. Kenny says if he is not going to go and try to save them, they should just swallow a bullet right now. Donna, who's been listening to this conversation, asks what Kenny was talking about, and Boyd explains everything to her. Boyd, in the past, finds a goat in the forest. He says there are chickens out there as well, and they just need to rebuild the pen and herd all the animals into it. Ellis walks up and says he needs to talk to Boyd. Ellis says that Boyd needs to stop going out into the woods, and Abby's not doing well. It's been weeks of Boyd going out into the forest to try to find things, and Boyd says that things are doing uh, that they are doing is working. It's been weeks, and everything has been a lot better. The second they stop looking for answers, they lose. Ellis says that they need to get someone else to go out because Abby needs Boyd. Boyd says that when he gets home tonight, he will talk to her. Ellis begs for Boyd to stay, but he says, Hey, you know, I gotta go, but I will be back. Past Boyd is marking his bath on trees when a dog walks up to him. He asks the dog if he belongs to somebody. Boyd tries to see the dog's tags, but it runs off before he gets a chance to. And he chases it, but then he gets lost in the forest. We've seen these dogs before. Uh, we've seen the dogs the day of the original massacre that Victor lived through. We saw him again when uh, Jim and Tabitha were trying to search for Ethan and Victor out in the forest. And here they are before that, obviously, because this is in the past. But are these somebody's dogs? Are they the creature's dogs? Like, we haven't really got too much more on this, and this one doesn't outright threaten Boyd or attack him. It just kind of runs off, but it makes him chase after him. Boyd continues to walk through the forest as night falls. He hears one of the creatures scream, and Boyd falls into a tree. The creature walks up to him dressed as a milkman, and two others walk up to him, but then they walk away. They look like they can't even see him. Boyd looks around and finds that inside of the tree are the Twelve Talismans. So despite the tree having an open front, he's protected by this. And it's either that because there was some, like, shrubbery in front of it, like some vegetation in front of it, that that sort of counted as a barrier, or having the twelve of them together just made it a bigger protection circle. Either way, he has found the talismans, and he knows exactly what they do. They keep him safe. And not just keep him safe, but make it almost like he's invisible. Like they can't see him. But... We know that even the talismans are there, that the creatures will know that people are inside of the buildings or inside the RV later on, things like that. It looked almost more like they might have sensed he was there, but then once they looked and didn't see him because of the brush in front of it, just kind of like, eh, whatever. And I'm sure they knew about that tree having the talismans too. Boyd, prior to his journey with Sarah, visits Alice. And he tells him of the plan. Ellis says it worked so well the last time he went off into the forest without a plan. Boyd says he can hate him all he wants, but if something happens to him out there, he doesn't want Ellis to regret what he doesn't say. Boyd says that Ellis is his son, and he loves him. He's proud of the man that Ellis has become. And then Boyd leaves. 
Donna sees Boyd off on his journey. And he says that he and Donna have had their differences, but he thanks her for looking after Alice. And Boyd and Donna hug. Fatima returns to Alice, and she says, What I am going to say might make you hate me, but what happened wasn't Boyd's fault, and it wasn't your fault. If there was anything else Boyd could have done, he would have done it. Boyd let Alice put his anger on him because that's what a parent does. And Fatima asks, has Alice ever wondered how that day was for Boyd? Boyd in the past grabs the talismans and returns to the town. He hears gunshots and runs to find Abby murdering the residents. Boyd calls out to her, but she won't listen. Donna runs up to help someone, and Abby points her gun at her. Abby says that this is just a nightmare. The only way to go home is to wake everybody up. Abby says that Boyd didn't come back before dark, and there is no way he could have survived if this is all real. We then see Alice run up, and Abby aims her gun at him, and Boyd calls out no, and then shoots Abby dead. So, that's the gist of it. Abby went uh, a little nuts, because, like iron, she couldn't bend. She broke. And then Boyd had to put her down so that she wouldn't kill their son. Now, I get Alice being upset. His father did kill his mother. But his father also protected him, kept him alive. So... It, uh, it makes a lot of sense that there's a lot of conflicting emotions with the, the situation that happened, but bottom line is, could Boyd have helped Abby if he'd stayed behind that night and talked with her? Maybe, but it seems like it, this was going to happen one way or the other. Boyd goes through his stuff and finds a lighter in one of his pockets. He takes it and he leaves something behind. Boyd starts walking towards the cabin with Sarah in it, and Ellis arrives. Ellis says he was trying to find the courage to say something to him. Fatima and him would have died had it not been for the talisman. He says he has been so angry for such a long time, and he didn't know how to work through it. If Boyd hadn't brought back the talismans, they wouldn't have lived. He says it wasn't Boyd's fault what Abby did. They hug, and Ellis says he didn't want Boyd to leave without saying goodbye. Ellis then sees Sarah, and Boyd explains... Then he has to take Sarah with him to find what they're looking for. He asks Ellis to trust him, and Ellis agrees and tells him to come back. They both say I love you, and Ellis returns to town. Kenny then gathers the masses and says they're doing things a little different now. They are a community now. Donna tells him they will fix up the house, but nobody should be shitty house guests in the meantime. But Jim has a plan to get out a signal and he asks if they find any tools, batteries, and parts that they can find. Ellis returns, and Fatima asks if he's okay. He says no, but he did find Boyd. And Boyd and Sarah head out after he cops her. So we've got two episodes left, and we are shaking up for a hell of a finale. Because we are going to find out what is out in that forest. I have a feeling it's going to break things wide open in terms of theories. And there's going to be a lot more that are going to come out of it, which is great. We now got the entire story of Boyd, Abby, and Ellis. We got them making up, and we will now have to see if Boyd is able to get back to town alive and what that's going to mean for their relationship once he does. Or doesn't. 
And of course we have Sarah, who we have no clue if she's going to be able to bring to come back as well because of what she did. I would assume they're not going to want her. So we'll have to see what that happens as well. But that'll do it for this one. Thank you for listening, and I will see you on the next one. Bye-bye.